Welcome to Launchpad, the unique radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that created them. Now, let's take off with your host, Grace Salmon. This is Launchpad. On behalf of Mary Helen Sheriff, the author marketing coach, and myself, Grace Salmon, soon to be author of seven books, I'm very excited that this is episode 18 of Launchpad with Jen Bouchard, L.V. Howard, Adele Holmes, and Richard W. Weiss. This promises to be an amazing episode. We are going to start out with 33,000 years before the common era in France. We'll move to small towns and quirky characters, coastal fiction and rom-coms, and then to a storyteller about a turn-of-the-century character who's an herbalist struggling for social justice. I couldn't be more excited than to welcome these authors to the storyteller microphone. If you're joining us live because we are being recorded in front of a live audience, please feel free to leave comments and questions in the chat. We'd love to get to every single character. We've already got people watching us. Welcome EJ, welcome Michelle Ann Waite. And let's get just started right away. Jen Bouchard, tell us about your amazing book, First Course, and also about one that's on the horizon come October. Thanks so much, Grace. I'm so excited to talk to you all today. Um, First Course is uh, set in coastal Maine, Cape Elizabeth, just outside of Portland, if you're familiar with Maine at all. Um, It was published in 2021 by Touchpoint Press. It was released in audiobook just a few weeks ago by Tantor Audio. Awesome narrator, Caroline Keeler. Uh, It's getting rave reviews for her work on the audiobook, so I definitely recommend if you're looking for a listen at the Beecher Pool this summer. Um, My books are full of food, lots of food, um, romance, and lots of laughs. And then Palms of the Cape is coming out this summer, actually a little bit later than that, October, also from Touchpoint Press, set on Cape Cod. Wonderful. And they are delicious books. I've had the opportunity to read First Course. So we'll talk more about that as we move through our time. Dr. Adele Holmes, what a fascinating career from from a pediatric doctor to a novelist. Tell us about Winter's Reckoning. Yes, this is my first novel, a debut, uh, Winter's Reckoning. And it's available pretty much anywhere books are sold. It it is... um, on audio too, that came out a little bit after it was published, but wonderful narrator. It was absolutely amazing to, to work with her. So we have all of the um, we have all of the formats: audio, Kindle, paperback, hardcover. They're all available wherever you can get your, get your books, of course. And um, I have just got ahead of myself. We're not telling about our synopses yet, are we? No, please tell us a little bit about your book. Well, it was, it's set in 1917, um, and she is in the Southern Appalachians, and she's an herbalist healer. I was a pediatrician, so I wrote about what I knew about, and she, uh, was, the protagonist is an herbalist healer who battles against an increasingly narrow-minded community and finds herself um, accused of witchcraft and targeted by the KKK. So, mm. that's Sounds fascinating. We'll want to hear more about that as well. Elvie Howard, let's talk about perhaps one of the most creative titles <laughs> I have heard in a long time, Lonely Man with Fat Cat Seeks Suitable Girlfriend. Tell us about it. Thank you. This is my book. I actually painted the cover. And um, I was in a workshop with Sadiqa Johnson, 
right before COVID lockdown. I mean, just like a week before COVID lockdown. And I wrote this sentence and it never changed throughout the entire time I wrote the book. Gus's strategy this morning was the same he used every day. Focus on the sidewalk about 10 feet in front. This allowed him to avoid eye contact and follow his cat to the park. Early timing was crucial and calculated to avoid the stares and exclamations of children. And that was all I had. And throughout COVID, I, um, throughout lockdown COVID with my husband, who was newly retired from his job and going book crazy, I wrote this book and it's really cute and funny and I like it a lot. I enjoyed writing it. It's, it's, it's probably the most humorous book I've ever written. It's wonderful. And you've written several. So yeah. let, let's talk about book covers for a minute, because that's wonderful that you have both a writing talent and a story talent about being able to create story through the magic of your cover. Um, did you paint the covers on your other ones? Yep, I did. That's fabulous. Adele, hold up your book because one of the things that I know all of our listeners love to know about are book covers. It's something I didn't realize that people love to know about, but I found your book cover absolutely engaging. Did you have a lot of input into your cover? I had as much input as I wanted. Um, I am not very creative, about as creative as I as I get is writing, and I had to shift that part of my brain to get there. So, so what she writes, press does, and these are just uh, the feel of them. I just all, every book they put out, I think is gorgeous. But what they do is they they ask a series of questions of what do you what what you know what's the gut feeling about your book and doesn't really want to know what it's about but is it gloomy is it bright is it warm you know what and then um they start showing you some formats about do you like things uh the book to have um the pictures all the way around the edge or one big picture in the middle and then they give you this whole set of pictures uh that you can go through and tag the ones you do like and tag the ones you don't like and why. So they're not necessarily going to use those pictures, but they get a feel for why. They have an amazing um, a cover team, you know, an art cover team. And they tell us going in, please, you know, we, we will do what you want within reason, but please, we've got this. We've got all this art. We've got all this uh, these people that are, are trying to do this, let us let us do it. And I decided just to let go and let them do it. That was not at all what I anticipated this cover would be. But I did pick out different things that I wanted. Um, and then the, the fonts, you know, mm -hmm. I thought the font was beautiful. So they let you, and they, then they formatted, let me get, not get off track here, they formatted about six different cover types. And this Wonderful. is what we need to go with, but I changed the font on it. And see this little, if I can do it on the screen, see this little apostrophe right there? Uh -huh. Yeah. Blood splatter. That is my, that's my creative. <laughs> that's all I put into this, but they did great. I mean, I thought, it, I was just so pleased with it. So and the book is an old Sparta book, which is a, 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 a grimoire. Uh -huh. And uh, it came from Norway. And then, of course, her her um, mortar and pestle is there. Wonderful. The That's thing. great. She Writes Press does such an amazing job. And they've been such a supporter of Launchpad. So a huge shout out to Brooke Warner and She, she Writes Press. Jen, I love the cover of First Course. Um, because it says it all. And it's got your awards on the cover, or some of your awards on the cover. Talk a little bit about your cover design. So um, I had a lot of say in this. I was very lucky. 
Um, I was asked to throw out some ideas, look at some different, um, you know, images and things like that. And the cover designer, David, he put together a whole bunch of mock-ups and I um, actually asked a bunch of my friends to vote on them. And of course the vote tied. Oh, and so very helpful. Yeah, it was very helpful. They were great though. And, um, but it really gave me a lot of time, I think to, you know, as they were voting and explaining why they liked what they liked, you know, they're all readers. And so I was looking for, you know, what draws them to a book and, um, you know, ultimately my husband and I were both like, you know, maybe an apron, we want something that's not very distracting. Um, and then he was able to do so much with this, which I loved. Like he was able to put Emily Belden's blurb, you know, right there in between the strings. And then even the details like on the spine here, you know, we've got a spatula, we have another apron with Touchpoint Press's logo at the bottom here. And then on the Oops, I'm on the back here. I mean, all the all the cooking utensils. So I just love it. I've gotten so many compliments on it, and I have to give him all the credit. He's he's designed a lot of Touchpoint Press's covers, and he does an incredible job. Well, we know how important covers are. Let's go back to story for a bit. Elvie, um, talk about some of your other books. They're all humorous, but Lonely Man with Fat Cat. How did that come to you? Well, I really don't know. It kept, this workshop, I got that one paragraph, and um, and it really just evolved from there. It's, as as I wrote it, it, I decided to set it in 2001, right before Twin Towers and, and 9-11, which doesn't sound very funny, but um, it, it worked for me in the storyline. It has, it, there's a focus on foster, grown-up foster kids. Uh, there's Gus, my protagonist, Gus, is basically a hermit. I'd like to read you the blurb because I think I, I'm very proud of it. And, it, and it. and it says a lot better than I can say. Go ahead. All right. Being a weird duck can be challenging, but a long time ago, Gus quit apologizing. Always a whiz at computers, he's made a good life for himself and his cat. And except for a minor three-year glitch with an ex-wife, he lives as he wants, or at least until Enid came along. She was only a waif, nine years younger than his 31 years. So how did this wisp of a young woman drag him into a mystery at the mansion where she worked, involve him with three kids totally unrelated to either of them, and bring in a cacophony of new voices so loud he couldn't hear himself think? For the first time in his life, Gus didn't know what he thought. Did that have something to do with Enid, too? So that's my blurb on the back. And I thought, and it pretty much encapsulates the story. Wonderful. Adele, tell us more about your book. It's your first novel. So what was that process right about? And why did you pick historical fiction? Well, I didn't really pick historical fiction. It, it in the end, picked me, of course. But I was writing a, a medical um, novel set in the current day. And never, it's, it's not done. That's what I'm working on now. And fell in love with the backstory to it. And okay. this is the backstory to it. And by, uh, it just had to be historical because it's set where, where it's set in 1917. Um, I loved it so much that I just thought, you know, this story is wonderful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up and write this story because I was kind of stuck where I was in that first book. And it has been great. So um, I chose the time period, chose 1917 because it takes you right up to 1918, but doesn't hit the Spanish flu, which is 1918. Right. And did not want to deal with that. 
in this book because it would, would take you take you far off. Um, I was able to add in things that were important to me from that period that are going on in today's uh, social political climate. And it's social justice themes of women's rights, racial discrimination, educational deficiencies. So I was able to take the things of that time and write about them and use it as an allegory, if you will, for what's going on today in our in our country because we're so divided, and uh, we, in so many ways, we tend to be going backwards instead of forwards in our social issues. I'm so um, glad you brought up the social justice aspect of it. We were supposed to be joined today by Richard W. Wise, who has written five books. Um, he has been unable to join us today, but his latest book is called The Drawing, and that takes place in 33,000 before the Common Era in uh France. So I was fascinated because he talks about some very common themes that are about the Ice Age, but it's really about the struggle of young love. But he has also written another book um, called Jamaica Plain, and it's very much a story about activism. And it's an area of the world that Jen Bouchard, I know, loves. Uh, Jamaica Plain is an area outside of Boston in the United States. But Adele, I've heard you talk about you want to change the world. You want to make it a better place one chapter at a time. And I loved that um, part of your writing. And Richard very much in his book, Jamaica Plain, uh, talks about being an activist back in the 70s. So I like building common threads between our authors. But Jen, let's go back to you because I just mentioned a part of the world that you love, um, the Boston uh, Cape area. Uh, tell us about your new book that will be coming out for those people who've already read First Course, Palms on the Cape is going to be fabulous. Thanks so much. Um, so it is set on Cape Cod, um, which is one of my favorite places on earth. And for those of you who are familiar with the Cape, it's uh, set in Dennis, which is on the bay side of the Cape. There's a really beautiful beach called Mayflower Beach. It's one of my favorite beaches ever. And um, at low tide, it just goes on and on and on. You can just walk for miles and it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's a, it's a white sand beach, which a lot of times people don't associate as much with New England. It, it's truly spectacular. And so it's set there and it's about a, an owner of an upscale beach bar and she's on the verge of turning 40. Everything's kind of ticking along. She had a really rough childhood, but she has her chosen family who she's surrounded herself with. Um, she might be in love with her male best friend, but she's not really admitting that to herself yet. She's just kind of going on with life. And then one day a group of people come into the bar and everything changes from that moment forward. Wonderful. Now we talked a little bit about historical fiction. Adele did not pick that. Did you pick rom-com and coastal fiction? Um, yeah, I think so. I think those are the books I've always sort of gravitated towards. I'm a big fan of Ellen Hildebrand, Jennifer Weiner. Um, so, you know, I, I, love reading about, you know, all, especially Jennifer Weiner's gravitated more towards Cape Cod writing over the last few books. Um, so I think those things have really interested me. And, you know, I think at, since I've become a writer, I've gotten to know so many other authors, which is one of, you know, as you know, one of the perks of this whole thing is that you get to know so many people you wouldn't know otherwise, and you read all their fantastic books. And I've always... I've always been drawn to coastal places and I always like to find the humor in situations that, you know, 
even can, they can be challenging, but we still laugh. Indeed. Elvie, did you pick, uh, and I, how would you, you describe your genre? Um, I, it's humorous romance. I wouldn't call it a rom-com, but I would I, definitely more in, more in the style of um, Story of Otto. <laughs> or what that's not okay. being called auto more more in that genre i don't know what you call that genre mm -hmm. i thought when i was first starting to write it i was thinking more of the rosie project if anybody remembers sure. Absolutely. yeah there were two books i think in that series yeah so funny funny lighthearted, wonderful characters now, we know that adele was a pediatrician prior to becoming an author um LV, did you work before being an author? In a yeah, day? I was a social worker. That's, that's my connection with the foster children that have grown up. I've always thought about them over the years. I've worked with foster kids for a while. I was a guardian ad litem working with foster kids for many, many years. So uh, you thank you for your work. Them, you can't shake the memory of them, can you? No, you can't. And Jen, you work with children every day. I do. 23 years now, I've been teaching high school social studies. So, yeah. And now I have my own teenagers, which is, I think it's made me a better parent, you know, having worked with teenagers for so many years. Um, and I think being a parent to teenagers is making me a better teacher. Mm. But it hasn't made you turn gray yet. So this is. Oh, no, I'm, oh, it, there's, there's a lot <laughs> of uh, maintenance going on to, yes, I would be, I would be very gray if I didn't do this. <laughs> I'd like to ask each of you, what do you hope to accomplish with your writing? Adele, let's start with you. I think um, well, I've, I've always written, and, and I'll just go back briefly to, to try to figure out what's going on in my world and make sense of it and leave it for the future generations. And that's truly what I want to do with this novel, I hope, and even with the future, but especially this novel, this very first one for my grandkids and their kids and their kids. I want them to have something to carry on, but also to realize that during that awful time in history when we were at a turning point, our country might have actually been sitting on the edge of a cliff, that someone used what they had or what they could do to try to make a difference, someone in their line, and that they can do it too. You know, you want to use it for motivation and-, and uh, uh, like, like you said in one of the bios that I read, making the world a better place one chapter at a time. Elfie, what about you and your writing? I've been a lifelong obsessive bookworm and for me to be able to write a book that someone else would enjoy is like my highest calling, period. I, I, I loved reading about you. You were saying that you love the gift of story, that it is indeed a calling. Now it is an addiction and you have succumbed to the career of writing. That's right. That's exactly right. You, you have been slayed by the craft, if you will. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's it morphed over time to an addiction. <laughs> Jen, what do you hope to accomplish with your writing? It started off as some sort of midlife crisis thing where I was trying to find something for myself amidst everything else I had going on. And what came out of it is something I never expected. I never, ex I never I always thought of writing as a very solitary thing. I never thought about the community and the connection that I would get from it. Um, you know, connection community with readers and with other authors. Um, so I think I think that's it for me. I think it's it's building community. 
I would agree. It, that's been the biggest surprise of my author life. I've mentioned that uh, we're soon to have seven books out. The first three are in the area of education. So Jen and I could talk for hours on high school improvement. Then I wrote my novel, The Eves, and the last three that are coming out are on writing, publishing, and marketing your book. And I know that uh, my life has changed dramatically since um, I've become an author. Elvie, you've been an author for a while. How has your life changed? Um because I'm obsessed with writing. <laughs> I'm I'm basically a hermit like Gus. I, I've I've made some really good friends through the writing, you know, through different groups that I belong to. Um, but I'm I'm a quiet soul it, at heart. And and I like to write because it gives me all the joy I could ever want. Fabulous. And you give us so much joy through the humor. Adele, how has writing changed your life? Ah, well, whenever I came out and started writing, I developed what I thought was my book and I was ready to go. Then the pandemic hit and I got to, my first taste of what retirement was really like. And I got a little bit lazy. And then the book hit last fall. And starting in March, uh, when my, the publicist came on, was a nonstop from that point on. So I, it changed in that I really had a second career, whether I had decided to do that or not. And for about six months, it was nonstop, as, as everyone knows, it's ever done this. It's marketing and it's going, it's doing this. And it's stuff I love. I absolutely love it. But you're not retired anymore and your time's not really your own. You have to, if you want to be successful at it, you've got to put the hours in. Uh, very true statement. I loved it. Um, uh, I turned 70 this year. Adele is retired. Jen and uh, Elvie. I, I love Je when Jen says she had a midlife crisis. I'm like, I think I'm having that now and I'm 70. Maybe not quite midlife, but certainly uh, finding a whole nother career. Um, Jen, you talk about writing books where people have to make big decisions. Um, so I'd like to hear each of you talk about, because obviously every book, whether it's a humorous book or not, we have turning points and big decisions in the characters of, uh, in the arcs of our characters. Jen, let's start with you and then let's go to Elvie and then finally Adele. Okay. So big decisions about in my book? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in, in Palms on the Cape, um, the one coming out in October, Rachel, the bar owner, starts to figure out that there is a plot against her to take over her restaurant. And this is what she has poured her whole heart and soul in. It has been, you know, what has gotten her through adulthood. And um, when she realizes that, she needs to decide what she truly wants out of her life, whether it be her business, whether she wants to pursue the guy that she's thinking that, you know, this may be the one. Um, and who she wants to join forces with in order to make that happen. And it's a very unlikely partnership that she ends up forging. So it's a lot about, you know, who, who, we, who we are, who we trust, um, and who we, you know, who we ultimately want to be vulnerable to. Um, so there are a lot of decisions, especially, you know, when we, we tend to protect ourselves first and foremost. Indeed. I love those arcs and the tensions we create. Elvie, does the lonely man with a fat cat seek a suitable <laughs> girlfriend? You don't yes, have to he give does. Us he does, but always in the wrong places. <laughs> and, and, and misses the things right in front of his nose, of course. And um, 
but he has to make a decision whether he's going to commit to friendships and commit to people that care about him and commit to all kinds of things that he's been uncommitted to pretty much his entire life. So he has some big challenges facing him. Uh, each of these books sounds absolutely delicious. Adele. Yes, uh, I had plenty of time to think about it, but I can uh, just say that my protagonist, who is um, Maddie the Herbalist Taylor, mirrors the plot points in the book. So the first uh, decision she had to make was hers to make. It was at the point that um, her husband and she had been in a, a very prominent family in this area, and he was one of the founding members of this family. She came from Boston, actually, Jen. So she came from Boston down, but but had been there since she was 18, literally loved the area, was in love with it, uh, had been an herbalist healer, and all these years, 25 years, all these years, and had had no trouble with it. Her husband dies. This new leader comes in and starts whipping up the fears of the people and, and uh, you know, finding out what, they, what what they're afraid of and then they turning it into hate. And he eventually gets this hate turned against her. And she is so shocked when she realizes that she has been naive and that her community is still stable, is still uh, completely loving and innocent. And when the KKK visits her, she has to make a decision. Do I leave as they told me to do or do I stay here and try to fight for the community? And that also, uh, the plot points change with the weather. So the weather is actually a character in this book as well. That's the very night that the blizzard blows in. So she gets has time in this blizzard with some things that happen to her to make that decision. What do I do? Do I stay here or do I leave? And uh, you have to read the book to figure figure all that out. But what she decides, then she, she works and works and works for. It, uh, we get to our last plot point and she is... Um, about to pull the trigger and do what she knows she should do and she gets blindsided and has to make has to to she has no time to make a decision she just has to do something off the cuff so her last decision is placed on her the first one she got to make the last one was placed upon her wonderful and in uh, Richard W Wise's book who um, the drawing he talks a lot about struggles <laughs> of the various um, human developments which path do we pick between Cro-Magnon men um, and peoples and a lot about culture he's also written about gemstones and secrets and of course I mentioned his other book Jamaica Plain we have just a very few minutes um, left to our show I'd like to ask one of my favorite questions which is what have your characters taught you? Jen, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I think my characters have um, taught me to be more observant to human relationships and how people interact with each other. Um, you know, they always say, you know, you be careful around an author, it might end up in a book. And I, I do find myself, you know, really paying much more attention to things that are happening all around me all the time um, and, you know, jotting down little snippets here and there that I might use somewhere along the line. I love it. I agree with you. I have a t-shirt that says, be careful what you say. It's going to wind up in my novel. Adele, what have your characters taught you? Well, I think that um, uh, my, my protagonist, I'm sorry, taught me to not be so self-centered and self-righteous. Uh, the world's not about me. The world is out there and it is what it is. And it's not just what I think it is. She also taught me in the end that there's hope, to have hope, to do the right thing and, and to have hope and that 
small changes, one small step can make a change in this in this world. So fabulous, Elvie. Well, I like Jen's answer so much. I'm just going to have to say ditto. <laughs> that was really good. That's wonderful. I'm so excited that each of you joined me here at the Launchpad microphone. Um, I want to just highlight each of your books. Jen Bouchard, First Course, hold up that beautiful cover. And remember to look for Jen's book, probably in October, Palms on the Cape. Dr. Adele Holmes with her amazing book, Winter's Reckoning. Hold up that cover. So you'll want to check that out as well. And L.V. Howard with multiple books, but definitely that lonely man with a fat cat seeks a girlfriend. It's been a pleasure to have each of you on the Storytellers um, show to tell your stories here on Launchpad. If the listeners are interested in writing a book, publishing a book, or marketing your book, please check out our new series, Launchpad, the countdown to writing your book, marketing your book, and publishing your book, three different books. Thanks to each of you for being here on the Storytellers and the Launchpad microphone so much. Thank you, Grace. Thanks, Thanks Grace. Grace. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being on Launchpad. Bye-bye. This episode is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad.